to that place where you understand what it truly means to surrender. I can't make you have faith. I can't give you that. That is found in the relationship you have with God and God alone. But today, pretty girl, I will not leave you open-handed. We are talking about the number one thing you need to do right now to start your journey towards finding faith above. Hi, I'm Shelby Hosfield, coach, artist, writer, and follower of Jesus. I spent years turning my back on him after leaving the church, but he never gives up on us. Dear beautiful girl, we are finding the truth we never had, identity in who God truly says we are, and genuine faith after leaving the church. We are answering tough questions, diving into Bible truths, and discovering how to live in faith in a way that overflows our hearts with joy and listening to gorgeous transformation stories from real-world gals. This is the Sunday School you wish you'd had. You are listening to Finding Faith Above. Matthew 7:16. Thus by the fruit you will recognize them. Last week I talked to you about my faith journey. It is eclectic, to say the least. I invite you to take a listen back at episode one if you want to listen to my full faith journey. But I told you all about a dream I had when I was 17 and wrestling with my faith. I spent years praying to God, asking him to help me know if the church I attended with my father was true. I always felt as though God did not hear me. That he had turned his face from me, as the Bible often puts it. But I had this dream about Jesus. This is kind of silly, so just bear with me. But So we went to the grocery store, and everyone was excited because Jesus was there. He was at the grocery store. He was in the fruit section. But I couldn't find him. I couldn't recognize him. I didn't know him. I really did not know what this meant, and I was kind of weirded out and confused by this. I remember being sad. I had told my friend about this, and she was like, Ooh, girlfriend, you need to figure out what this means, because for whatever reason, this dream just kind of rocked me. Again, Matthew seven sixteen. You see, if I had been reading the Word of God, I would have realized he was trying to answer me. But I didn't know him. And I took for granted the one most important way he can fully communicate with us, the Bible. Okay. All you girls who grew up in the church as I did, or if you didn't and you want to read some crazy revelation on how God was talking to me, I want you to take a break real quick from listening and grab a Bible. Even better, right now, I want you to download the YouVersion Bible app. Right now. I'm not going anywhere. I want you to take a look at Matthew 7, 7. Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh, receiveth, and he that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. So this is the King James Version, so you will recognize it if you grew up in the church like I did. Uh, This is a verse that is said quite often. It is one that has a lot to do with the history of the church and the origins, and it's one that was pretty big. Um, It's also a verse that I used a lot when I was younger, when I was really trying to find God, and this was really the only Bible verse that I knew. So now what I want you to do is I want you to scroll down to Matthew 7, 15. So read that whole paragraph again. I'm just going to wait right here. Do me a favor and toggle it over to the NIV or the NLT translation if you'd like to, just because it's a little bit easier to understand. 
And if you are out and about, write down Matthew 7.15 so you can go back and read it. Remember, my question to God was, is this church true? Not who Jesus is, but is this church true? So you read Matthew 7.15 and see if he answered me in the fruit section in the grocery store. Go check it out. It's actually kind of amazing how he spoke so directly to me. I'm not trying to prove anything crazy here. This is just my experience. And to be honest, I had no idea what that dream meant at that time. You see, I didn't read Matthew 7.15. I didn't read any of the Bible. If I had been reading the Bible, I would have known Jesus. I would have understood the answer to my prayers. I would have understood why our Savior was in the fruit section. It seems so silly, but it took me years to understand this. And I think I'm still understanding it fully more even today. The references to (laughs) the fruits that uh, Jesus bears is just that it's all over in the Bible. So why do I tell you this dream? These verses, these answers to my prayers. Because you are here to find faith. And what is the number one thing you must do to find faith? You have to get to know Jesus. And man, is he awesome. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautifully are the feet of those who bring good news. But not all the Israelites accepted the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? Consequently, faith comes from the hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. So that was Romans 10, 14 through 17. So let's look again at that last verse. Faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. It's the good news. Jesus brought the good news. The number one way to find faith is to get to know Jesus. And the number one way to get to know Jesus is to learn more about him through the word. Pretty girl, that is the Bible. The number one thing you can do to know Jesus today is to read the Bible. All right, so I can already hear it. I can hear you saying it already. I understand there may be a few hiccups here. For example, you might be saying, Ugh, Shelby, the Bible is so boring. I get lost. I fall asleep. I don't want to read it. Or you might be saying, but isn't the Bible totally untrustworthy? Hasn't it been translated like a million times in a million ways? Okay, okay. I am not a Bible scholar. I am not a theologian who has, you know, dedicated years of my life to studying the Bible. I get that. As embarrassing as it is, I am the mom who told her kids the Bible is like a game of telephone, and it's just stories. Mind you, I had never actually read it when I said this. (laughs) Not really, anyways. I mean, passages here and there in the wherefore art thou, youeth, goeth, with meeth translation, which, if that is where you want to be, that is totally fine. I just find it very hard to really understand it. I had never poured my heart into reading it and really listening to it and understanding it. So I am, though, 
and Enneagram 5. <laughs> so if you know anything about us Enneagram 5s, we love the details and we love learning. So I'm going to spare you all the crazy facts from why the Bible is honestly the biggest literary narrative to ever impact this world or how it was preserved like no other book in history and why it is absolutely a document that can be trusted with full conviction. But I am going to say that there is an extensive amount of information out there that you can get your grasps on at any time. I can say with full certainty the fact that you are able to freely hold that book in your hand well, my friends, that's nothing short of a miracle. I mean, it really is just a miracle what has gone into you being able to hold that book or your phone with the app on it. <laughs> I'm also going to say that you need to check out the show notes and watch a couple of the videos that I link there. There are people way smarter than I am, like I said, that have dedicated their lives to studying the Bible, its origins, authenticity, and impact on the lives it beholds. But I can't help it. I just need to get in there one geeky fact for you guys. Did you know that all modern translations are derived by teams of experts from preserved ancient manuscripts that spend years making sure that every word is translated to the best of their ability and convey a word-for-word -word translation as well as an essence that the original authors intended for us? It is remarkable. And it means that you can have faith in reading the NIV, the NLT, the ESV, and more modern translations because they come from the ancient text. It is not actually a game of telephone. They go to the closest original source that they can find, the closest to the original, the oldest sources known. They don't translate from one to the next. In fact, if you want to learn ancient Hebrew or Greek, you can go and, and translate it yourself from the original. You can go back and take a look at those old ancient sources and translate it yourself. I'm not probably going to learn ancient Hebrew or Greek, but there are people who really want to do that. And so if you did, you can go for it. Crazy, huh? Again, I will link some videos that might just blow your mind on how cool the Bible is. There are some great people that can really explain to you the origins of the Bible and the translations and how they're put together. Not like what we said as a game of telephone, but really studying it. Now let's go back to that other issue you may be having, pretty girl. It's boring. <laughs> well, if you have been reading it in all that dialect that we do not speak in today, I can see that. And if you start in a book like Leviticus, it might be a bit cumbersome. I totally understand that as well. But let me tell you a story. The Bible is like an ocean. You have been hanging out on the shore. You see the ocean. You know it's there. But you have yet to really dip your toes in. So maybe one day you decide to go wade in. Maybe just swim on the surface and you can stay there reading verses and not seeing anything underneath, you could stay there forever, just on the surface. But then maybe, perhaps, one day you decide to put some goggles on and you can see so much more. And then it starts to get even more interesting and you realize how this part of the ocean links back to that part of the ocean and 
what is swimming through one area is, you know, tied to something else in a completely different area. And so you decide to go scuba diving and you decide to really take a look at all of the different pieces that go from here to there and back and forth. But the ocean even allows you to take a submarine down below. There is so much packed in that ocean. You see, every verse of the Bible is like the ocean. Even Leviticus gets quoted throughout so much with every verse having different implications with here and there and everywhere else. It's all tied together. Every verse has a story and an incredible meaning behind it. It's like an ancient puzzle. You just have to decide how far you want to go down. How far do you want to dive? It is the greatest literary narrative ever. It really is remarkable how over, you know, thousands of years that it was written, that it all somehow ties back to itself in every verse. So this is my challenge for you, if you choose to accept it. Today, I want you to get to know Jesus. The first thing you're going to do is download the YouVersion Bible app. You can read a hard copy also, which I totally suggest, but I want you to find a version that you can understand. If you can't understand it, it really does you no good. I personally have the NIV, the NLT, the ESV, as well as the good old King James in hard copy. But I also like to use the app on my phone. That way, if I find a good verse that I like, I or maybe a verse that I'm not quite understanding and I don't really understand the depth of it, I can toggle back and forth between the different uh versions and it really does change my perspective on it and exactly what it is that they were trying to convey. So if you were to go with something like the NLT, that is going to be the most thought for thought. So you're going to be getting the essence of what they were trying to intend for you. And again, this is decided upon by people who spend their entire lives trying to make sure that they get that right in the context of how it was originally written. Um, If, on the other hand, you go with something like the ESV, the ESV is going to go much more word for word. So it's going to be translated exactly word for word, as close to it as we can get with it still making sense. Um, And not necessarily the thought for thought, but more word for word. And so you still have to do some interpreting as to how that fits within your, your brain is <laughs> so that you understand it completely. Um, but they're all great translations. So which one should you read? All of them. Read all of them. And that's what the great thing is about having that Bible app is you can go back and forth. So if you still are most comfortable possibly with looking at the King James Version, you can look at it in that and then you can flip it over to the other one just so that you can understand maybe a bit more of it and then flip it back. Uh, it's so cool how you can do that. So the second thing I want you to start in a book that speaks to you about Jesus. So gives you his words and allows you to hold them. My suggestion would be Matthew or even John. Uh, Matthew or John, they're not boring at all. I mean, they're amazing stories and they're going to say things that are going to challenge you. And you're going to have to absorb that and really try to understand what it is telling you for your life. And it's not boring. In fact, it's, it's really kind of amazing that these words were all put out there for us. And it's a story about love. It really is just a story about love for uh, God's people. And it's not boring. So for me, it is empowering. It's humbling. It's moving. It's life-changing. 
it, and you really want to sit with it, meditate on it, really read it, spend some time there. One day you'll read Leviticus and it will make more sense. <laughs> but today, allow yourself to get to know Jesus. And then if you're wanting to learn a little bit more about some of the poetic books, if you were to read possibly in Psalms, I try to always read that when I have just short amounts of time, I'll read a whole passage and it just will give you such a peace. Um, it's going to bring you to a great place. So those are some a couple of suggestions on where to go for diving back in, in a way that is, like I said, it's empowering, humbling, moving, life-changing. And the last thing is, I want you not to be afraid to seek the counsel of experts. So theologians and scholars can give you peace about the Bible. And I know you've always been warned a little bit about other people out there who might be speaking about the word or about Jesus or different scholars that uh, they may not be giving you the truth or different things. But make sure you're discerning about it. But there are people who, like I said, have dedicated their entire lives. I mean, really have just dedicated their entire lives uh, to trying to help you to understand all of this. So seek, seek the counsel of experts. So theologians and scholars can give you a piece about the Bible. I'm linking a few uh, of some really great ones that I love in the show notes, and I would totally suggest that you take a look at those. One of my all-time favorites to learn from is the self-proclaimed Bible nerd. <laughs> I just think he's amazing, uh, Tim Mackey of The Bible Project. And The Bible Project is a great one for even your kids or your family. If you sit down and you watch a few videos from The Bible Project, it's an animation studio all dedicated to telling the story of the Bible. And they really truly believe that the Bible is a unified story all leading to Jesus. And it really is just so cool. They put it so plainly for you. Um, but a lot of what Tim Mackey did even before the Bible Project has really helped me. He did a whole study on Matthew and um, gave sermons on each in particular verse. And it really was like going down in a submarine in the ocean. So good and not boring at all. I want to leave you today with this beautiful girl. There may be a lot of hurdles you have to jump to push aside any old belief baggage you may be carrying with you right now on this faith journey. And I'm not asking you to make some huge change and go read the entire Bible tomorrow. No, I'm just inviting you to just let it in. Just a little bit here and there. Sit down and get to know Jesus just a little bit more. Just one passage at a time. Pretty girl, I also want to let you know that you are not alone. I know you may be here because you are feeling alone and you've left all of the community and you're going on this crazy faith journey that you're not sure where it's taking you. But I want to encourage you and I want to raise you up. And I also want you to know that Jesus is patiently waiting for you to know him and to make him known. We wait and hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. May your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you. That's Psalms 33, 20 through 22. See, I told you that was pretty. <laughs> Go check out some more Psalms. It's just gorgeous. So 
Again, you are not alone. Think of this podcast as a love letter to you, pretty girl, all about my faith journey with the hope upon hopes that it speaks to you as God told me it would. Is it possible to have community after leaving the church? This is a struggle. I get it. What can other women do for you that you can't do alone, right? Are you feeling alone, though, on this journey? Let's fix that in the next podcast. So join me next time on Finding Faith Above, and go check out those resources I told you about in the show notes. There's some really good ones in there. All right, see you next time. happy I am that you showed up to listen today. Finding Faith Above was created out of my experiences with God's direction to help others find truth, identity, and faith after leaving the church. Check the show notes to find out more on this episode and to find resources, art, and words to inspire and guide your faith journey. Visit FindingFaithAbove.com.